podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Trampolet Podcast for Saturday the 14th of September 2019. I'm your host John Walker and with me as always is Andy Vaughan. Good morning John, good evening John, good afternoon John. What what sort of greeting do you want and what time zone are you in? Well, ask God though. A good afternoon. I'd give you. I know this is a weird one. One p.m. One p.m. Yeah, because I got back from New York I meant more, yesterday. Yeah, I meant more. What are you? I don't. I don't. Honestly, is it morning? Is it I night? Honestly, don't know. Like, I have never, ever, ever suffered tiredness coming back, but I've always been able to sleep on a plane until my f- seat wouldn't recline at all. So like, it was just <laughs> straight back up, and I tried and tried and tried, and I was like, "This is," and it got to like two hours before the end of the flight, and I was like, "There's no point now." It's like Brutal. five in the morning back home. It's like see if you ever fly jet to anywhere. Um, that they tend to be who I fly with if you go golfing in Spain or Portugal. Their their seats don't move at all, but it's only a three and a half hour flight. So but they're, they're always fucking four a.m. in the morning flights, so you're knackered anyway and want to sleep. But they're just these. I don't want dead seats up are right. All right. No, it's Ryanair's, Ryanair's flight. Like I'm getting a Ryanair flight on Friday, and I'm already thinking about how fucking sore my knees are going to be <laughs> during the whole flight. I've not been in a Ryanair flight in ages, and I'm trying to keep it. Yeah, that I know. Way. That's it, it, there's principle, and then there's paying eighty quid to go to Barcelona. <laughs> That's true. I would, but do you need to pay for all your extra stuff? No, just take one pair of pants, that's it. I would rather redo my flight than recap last week's picks, but it's what we're going to do. It is. Yeah. I think we said the lesson learned, and you said you said to Zandy. I didn't want to do it last week. You wanted to do the podcast, but you didn't want to do picks. You said, let's review it so we don't have to review two weeks late, Yep. but why are we doing picks? And you're right, <laughs> we were betting in competitions with the exception of some of the French League stuff, but yeah. you, were, you were in the second division of Japan. Which is mental anyway. I was saw a, a lot of goals. I was in a Scottish Challenge Cup where opposition managers were coming out and saying, this is a waste of time for us, we're not sending a first team. Yep. Which we did kind of see. We knew that, Dundee United did that last year. We didn't, didn't, the manager didn't even go to the games. <laughs> but then annoyingly TNS, who we don't, we just call them TNS from now on, let's not get into that debate. They're the new Saints, previously called... Also for a nice. period of about seven years, Total Network Solutions <laughs> in the late 90s, when the sponsors just had, could do anything they liked with yeah. football teams. Um, but yeah, well, I think we should call them Total Network Solutions from now on. Yeah. So they, well, yeah, because they cost us. So they were my banker. They drew one each and lost on penalties. Very, very disappointing. But they put out a full strength team, which annoyed me even more. Top of the Japanese second division, Kashiba Rezal played an absolute thrilling game that ended in a 4-3 loss to them, so that didn't mean no favours. But if you want to watch it on the Rakuten Sports app, it's a crazy game. They were 4-1 down, 4-3 and then battering them. So, yep. I was hanging on from a value on Monday night just in the hope that Denmark would do me a favour because it would have felt a little bit better to get one in. Um, Denmark doing 0-0 away to Georgia and possibly the dullest game I've ever seen. It was almost as dull as the Denmark v Ireland game I was at that I told you about. Denmark have that in them, just to play a game that is so boring and so dull that nothing happens. Like, try try to be the guy that pulls up a highlights package for that will be insanely difficult. <laughs> I just looked at the stats and it was like six shots at goal. But they were all gathered by the keeper or blocked. or Like, there was nothing, there was no clear-cut chance. Yeah, well, I've seen the highlights and that's definitely what the case was. But they hit the bar. That I, I guess you, you can count that. But we're, just we're stretching there. Awful. Denmark will now probably go out and win their next game like seven nil. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what they do. Um, also in Japan, Omiya Ardija against uh, Zelvia. That was a one each draw. 
uh, from my outsider, it was Kelty Hearts at home to Solihull Moors. They drew one each to take the lead. Um, they were five to one when the game started, but then Solihull won in penalties. So three draws for me, which is rubbish. Unless you were playing the pools, in which case your picks were glorious. Then <laughs> yeah. um, Kofu uh, were the outsider in Japan. Um, they lost that match three two. They got leveled twice, yeah. Yeah, because I, I had they, them. They kept uh, losing the lead and then regaining it. So maybe if the game had lasted another ten minutes, it would have been a three draw. Who knows? And God, are your picks straight trash? Like the, the, <laughs> the, my worst week by far. It, I, I had a, it wasn't so when you were talking about your picks, um, you think ah, there's some just some tough losses and things like that. Mine was just fucking mental. Like so, first one Dunkirk lost. That doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> it, do, it doesn't. It, it, in fairness to you, it doesn't happen. Um, so they lost one 0 but the uh, the other team missed a penalty, so they lost clear cut one. Like there was no redeeming one for them. Um, my on the other ones in the treble, Malaga versus Almeria had that as a draw. That's the only game that I backed. Uh, the only game I looked at the whole time, I was like, solid draw, absolutely solid draw. One 0 Almeria. Malaga did. Malaga had one shot and goal. Right. Whole game. Then Rio Ave versus Guimarães. This was close. Rio Ave Guimarães. No, no, no. This, this. Well, we'll get to the close. The, the other close one. Rio Ave Guimarães. Rio Ave went up one 0 Back to one each, and then get a man sent off. That was it. And then for the start of the charity ones, um, Fuen, Fuenlabrada and Ponferradina. Uh, Fuenlabrada had two goals chopped off. They missed a penalty. Mental. I was watching that, and I kept getting alerts from 365, and kept going, oh, that's in. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, it's in again. No, it's not. It's it, it was wild. And my only redeeming shout from last week was the fact that I mentioned Andy made me mention Kadith on yeah. the podcast and they did go on to win two yeah. one. That was a that was a really good shout. Yeah, so it's twelve. Um, they were an outsider, weren't they? Twelve yeah. to five or something. Uh, big were, price. Yeah, um, you're getting but, over two one. But yeah, again, close with most, but I just I, and I, I even went deep and went to have a try and have a look at like maybe some of these guys were we playing internationals. There's only one international <laughs> playing in the, the French national and he doesn't play. What, he before Togo. Togo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my charity was Inverness. He won three one against Morton. That was my only redeeming point. Was... Inverness are playing very well just now. At home, very well organised, um, very strong unit. Uh, I was in the Challenge Cup as well. I took uh, Dundee United uh, home to Arbroath, and that game finished nil nil. It just goes to show that when Lauren Shanklin doesn't play for Dundee United, there is almost no clinical threat. Did Arbroath or Dundee United go through? Arbroath went through in penalties, they... ob- obviously, because Dundee United can't win a penalty shootout. At least we scored one this time. Did yeah. Shanklin score his penalty? Uh, yes. All right, okay. That's fine. <laughs> there you go. So he came on with 10 minutes to go, but it was too late to really influence anything. Yeah. It was a game that petered out nil nil. And then I had mentioned that Belgium scored in the first 10 minutes against San Marino mm-hmm. was 11 to 10. The same bet against Scotland was 41. And that's the one I would have come in. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do it against Sam and you know, but it could be three now up against us after uh, thirty two minutes. To be fair, I did t- I did text our WhatsApp group um that I'm in and said now is the great time to back Russia and Scotland went one 0 up, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> did you know? Yeah, I started to straight on us. Nice. And then also I was at the Scotland game and they did something actually the Scotland Belgium game and was just like this is dismal. So it took Lukaku it was one of these price boosted ones. Lukaku to score first and Scott uh, more than ten uh, more than eleven corners, eleven or more corners and Belgium to score three plus. I've never been so happy to see Andy Robertson head a ball out for a corner in the eighty-eighth <laughs> minute. <laughs> um, but that came in at twenty-eight to one, so that was that's nice. my only redeeming factor. But um, I, I managed to make a, a wee bit of profit yesterday in an otherwise pretty dreadful day. 
by yeah. backing England as soon as they went a goal down to Kosovo to be leading at half time. Yeah. Just over two to one. Oh, was it half time lead? I, I mm. was thinking two to one was way too high. They were really good by the way. Oh Kosovo, Kosovo. 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 Did you see the pre match interview that their manager gave? No. About yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we press, we go, 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 go. Uh, I've seen everyone will have seen the clip of him when he's going down the tunnel yeah, after screaming. after the off cycle and then he ca- he clocks the camera looking at him and just smiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, well, we're going to go to Scots abroad, so we'll talk about the two Scotland games. Absolutely fucking dreadful. Oh, dismal. Like, as bad as it's been. Not as bad as Volks. Hey, Berta Volks did a massive rebuild job. Yeah. It was, it was, that, it was almost like ripping everything yep. up. And starting from fresh, I have a lot of time for what Bertie Volks did for Scotland. I still think that Steve Clark's the right guy for the job, though. Well, my thinking was, if not him, I don't know who. So yeah. The interesting thing about Steve Clark is he obviously did brilliantly with Kilmarnock, but the reason, or, or why he did so brilliantly with Kilmarnock, was he had them every single day in order to instill a philosophy and a mindset and a drill at training. That's not the job of an international manager. However, yeah, but how, yeah, that's the thing. But for me, however, looking at Kosovo... How is a manager able to do that with a team of players who probably aren't even well, that's full-time that, professionals? So that's ex, that, that's exuberance, and that that's not drilling them in training. That's just being like an incredible motivator yeah. and and a, and a brilliant motivational speaker. Oh, am, am I am I being biased? Or am I being wrong? And I'm not thinking. To me, watching Scotland players when I see them in their clubs, this looks like our best crop of players for ages. Yeah, oh, for a long time, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing, see what you're saying about votes. The thing I liked about votes was McFadden and Kenny Miller were his strikers. Yep, and that was it. Yeah, they could have a shite game. We could get pumped. Any matter. See, we realistically, I've not seen him have a good game. Right, but all McBurney scored twenty four goals in the championship last year. He's been bought for twenty million. He's already scored in the Premier League. Yeah. Make a decision. Just just make a decision. Now, we used, what, 19 players of a 25-man squad over two games. That's unacceptable. Have your fucking 11 and go with them. Now, we're not going to learn anything from Russia and Belgium. No. Play the same 11. Ha- know your 11 and fucking play them. And just persist and go, no, all out with Burnley's our centre-forward. Played the f- change the front three. James Forrest and Ryan Fraser are our two best white players. Yeah. Johnny Russell's our most informed striker. Yep. Agreed. He started on the bench yeah. both games. Yeah. But if you're starting oh, Burnley and he starts the next game, you don't change to Matt Phelps because he's a shite game. Change two of the three midfielders. He doesn't know his best 11 yet. He probably doesn't even know his best 25 yet. And this is where I'm going to get, this is where I'm going to have to be careful because I'm just going to sound like a really, really bitter Rangers fan. You've used every midfielder except Ryan Jack who's the only sitting midfielder of the people that you had. The only person. See the gaps? In Russia we were too deep so there was 40 yards between McBurnley and the midfield. In the fucking Belgium game, it was embarrassing how big a gap. Belgium could hit the ball to Lukaku from the goalie and be 40 yards between the centre-halves and the centre-mids. I couldn't understand it. The thing is, Belgium are an incredibly good footballing side that we were probably... If if at the beginning of the campaign I was organising this, I would have a massive whiteboard up with where we're going to get our points. Yeah. Right? And there would be zero points, again, in both Belgium columns. Right? What I wouldn't have, though, is get, getting horsed by Kazakhstan. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so the fact that we did that has put us now in the position that we're talking about this Belgium game. Yeah. If we'd won where we were meant to and we get beat four 0 by Belgium, we'd just turn around and go, "Well, fair enough. That was probably always going to happen." But it's the lead up to this that now we're questioning that defeat. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, uh, for me, it was just if you told me we we're going to be three 0 down to Belgium at half time, but two of the goals were for corners, 
and the mm. other one was a counter attack and mm. we had a fucking free kick if they played us off the park they're just, fine. They're they, just so devastating they had, De Bruyne can do yeah. that and Lukaku's going to finish yeah for me O'Donnell I don't know, I don't know why O'Donnell just doesn't wipe out the midfielder yeah. on, that, on the edge of their box yeah. when he goes past him he's fin touching distance of yeah. him and it's one pass and it's done three of the back four would never play again for me they're not good enough well, Liam Cooper's been amazing for Leeds but he look is David Marshall guaranteed number one starter I, I have no idea Honestly. because surely we can do better than that I know but the the hope I think you mentioned as well the hope seems to be another 20 ones <laughs> yeah my mate Stevie made a really good point and I'll give him the shout out for this which is all of the Scotland team the, 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 the existing Scotland team are all players that play around much better players than themselves and understand how to make those guys do the things they need to do to win games Andy Robertson as per example, is a is a very talented footballer, yeah. but he doesn't need to be an attacker. He doesn't need to. What he needs to do for Liverpool is make sure that the, the front three get the ball in the right area and do something with it. He's also got Virgil Van Dijk stood next yeah, to him. He's, he's so got, defensively, he's, got, he's sound. Yeah, he's sound. He's got you know. So he's got that. And then you look at the other players in the team. Like you look at um, the boy in midfield who plays for Man United. McTominay. Uh, Scott McTominay. Right. Scott McTominay looks really good at Man United. Do you know why? Because the guys around him. He he has enough threat around him that people are like, right, we need to be marking these other guys and he gets space. Yeah. So he gets the space to move the ball and do these yeah. kind of things. We have lots of players that are facilitators for other better players in the Premier League and around, like, Celtic players, for, for example. Those guys that were playing. So Cal McGregor, he's got to make sure the ball gets to Edward. Like, so there's lots of really, really good talented players in there, but they're facilitators for other better players. We don't have a talisman to build those guys around. And Steve Clark doesn't have the identity he's looking for. You can either be what you were at Kelly and be resolute or play good football. They are, they're not the same thing. So he either needs to decide, does he want to be a hard-to-beat team or does he want to go out and try and play players off the park? But we were, we were, I mean, you, you look back to when we were successful under Craig Brown, right? Yeah. Were, were we particularly hard to beat? Or is it just the case that the standard of competition in the other nations we're yeah. playing have got a lot better? Of course it's got better. They've, yeah. they've all got better. Yeah. We've, but, we, we might be the same, we might be worse. Yeah. Yeah, I just think we weren't either though. There was no hardness to beat and there was no good football. Yeah, that's there was, it. So there was nothing. There's no decision in between. Yeah. There's, it's, and when we go a goal down, we're just like, well, this is happening again. Yeah. The, the, the worst thing happened When we went a bloody goal up, it looked it, worse. It looked worse. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, with this, the national team, and I'm sure you guys feel the same, before there was like a hope and that's what made it really sad to watch us get beat. I have no hope now, so I'm actively betting against us. Those games happen at Hamden. I live walking distance from Hamden and I didn't go. I would yeah. never. And I, I go to fucking seventh tier games yeah. in other countries that I happen to be in just to watch football. That's how much the SFA have fucked me off in the last three years. Was it, was it 35 for behind the goal stand? Awful. But only after the 45 quid main stand had sold out. Yeah. Horrendous. Horrendous. I I, I paid 27 quid and then moved to one of the empty seats behind the main stand where I wanted to. I had a season ticket for the last campaign and it was the least value for money season ticket offer of all time. Yeah. Um, Because it worked out you were paying like close to 40 quid for a game against Gibraltar. If you couldn't make one of the games, the season ticket was not just not good value for money. It was a terrible idea financially. Don't know what they were doing. And then they try and come out, the SFA come out and say, well... If you went to see a gig at Hamden, for instance, the, you know, you'd be paying 60 quid. If I go and see Bruce Springsteen at Hamden, I am guaranteed an excellent time. Yeah. If I go and see Scotland play football, I'm sitting in a plastic seat and I'm probably going to have a shite night. The other the other thing, the only thing I was trying to explain on that was the bare minimum of what was good about going to Scotland under McLeish and uh, Walter Smith when it was going well 
was the stadium was fucking full. I remember yep. being outside Hamden at seven o'clock to queue up for the Ukraine general sale. Yeah. Because of how good it was. And it was 20, 25 quid I found my ticket. 25 quid. I know, I know money changes, right? People were queuing up at 4am in the morning when tickets were released in the general sale. But at least if you fucking fill the stadium, the players can at least look around and go, right, there's a full stadium here. And not to so what they do in Scotland for those who are not listening. It was it was Gary that said, "Oh, the stadium looks full on TV," and I'm like, "But that's because the cameras are in the south stand." So what they do is they don't open the east and west until the north's full, fully yep. sold. That's what they fucking do. And so that's see, the so, so, that's the stand opposite the cameras. Yes. So you need to see it full, and it's only when it pans out at half time you see there is fucking nobody behind the goal. Yeah, and then probably the south stand will be sparse. And they're also got uh, tickets that are given away to local schools and yep. active schools. So. so that's that's the thing as well. W- watching the game and you know, without labouring the point here for it, it's meant to be fun. Like it's meant to be somewhat enjoyable to go and see yeah. something. And because uh, my my girlfriend gives a stick for it all the time, she's like, "Why why do you even go and sit, go and see them if they're making you sh-? like?" I was like, "Well, I've never seen this be good yet. Like it's been fucking. <laughs> I, I was born in nineteen ninety three, right? I was at night. I was at France ninety eight as a child. My that's first Scotland highlight. game was before you were born. Yep, nil nil with Italy." My first game was a 2-1 win against uh, Estonia. And then I think my second game was 1-0 against Germany. May even have been West Germany. Um, sort of 1991 or something. That was at Ibrox, I think. Um, it no longer exists. Yeah. Uh, D- Duncan Ferguson hit the bar with an overhead free kick. It's probably my first real live football memory. It's Thanks. wonderful. Yeah, but so all we can look for is some of these players. Not the ones we're going to mention because the majority of the players that we would have used would have been on international duty or on international break. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the questions has been looking at that midfield. Maybe could Liam Henderson be on the team? Like, is he any better? Is he any worse than like? I'm willing to take anyone currently. Yeah. So yeah, like, like, like he's, he's yeah, see if you see if you wanted enough, John, I'd put you in at the moment. Aye. I'm looking forward to seeing his game this weekend because they're on. They're live on TV. Who they play? Uh, AC Milan. They're at home mm. to Milan. So I actually seeing Liam Henderson play against a big Italian side. Yeah. Be able to actually see what he's like. Scott's abroad is very short because of international duty. Charlie Gilmore, Telstar lost 2 0 against Camber. He got a yellow card, played the 90 minutes, haven't seen the highlights yet. Claire Elmsley played in a 3 1 defeat. Seattle beat Orlando 3 1. She played 90 minutes. Again, been on holiday, not seen the highlights, so I need to go on and share that. Corsi, Utah won 1 0. See, since she's came back for the World Cup, they've went on a winning streak. Yeah. Because they were joint bottom with Claire Elmsley's Orlando, mm-hmm. and they're now third, so they're strong in the playoffs. Nice. She played 90 minutes, got a yellow card. Jack Harper came on as a late sub, and Al Caron's final defeat against Zaragoza. That's the only players that have played uh, this week for us in Scots Abroad. I did notice in the under 21s, the, the Everton striker, uh, Fraser Hornby, who's the centre yeah. he's went on loan to Cothric in yes. Belgium. He has. So he will now be added. But he's not played yet because it only happened just in the last day of the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, our other section is the player we sponsor, who is Michael Hewitt. Mikey Great Mike. little video on him. Yeah, he gave us a wee shout out. And he also gave a shout out on the post-match interview on their social media. So I think Ben Grant is definitely trying to get this somewhere. Still didn't he? Yeah, That's he's, brilliant. He's trying to get things going. Like, so he's going to have better social media than most of Scottish football. <laughs> yeah, because um, we'll keep plugging him. So, Cowan and Rangers lost 3-0 against Pollock, and that was top of the table clash. Played the full 90 minutes, but based on Stephen O'Donnell's performance, we're probably looking at Michael Hewitt getting called up Scotland in the next squad. Pretty much. He's out of his depth, right? We need to be the rallying cry for that. Do you think mm. Do you think I'm too too big in saying that, though, with O'Donnell? Not really. I mean, I feel like if Stephen O'Donnell can get a cap for Scotland, yeah. anyone can. Yeah. I'm meaning Stephen O'Donnell is out of his depth. Oh, well, yeah. 
He, I mean, he, what is that? What is that dive by? That's driving me mental. Oh yeah, the inside the box when he throws himself to the ground. Desperation, but he still has the ball. Yeah, that's what's infuriating me. I was watching it at my cousin's just before I went for my flight. So, so he, but he's obviously done something in his head there. He's made a, either a subconscious or a conscious decision to go to dive. That me diving is is a better situation. Than me still having the ball. Than at me my still feet. having the ball at my feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That yeah. that's what he's saying. That he realizes would be in a better position, even though he might get caught diving, taking that chance as opposed to him actually being talented enough to do something with the ball. What yeah. most me annoyed, annoyed me about his dives, he didn't even have the decency to put it out for a corner to get one of my more additional corners I was looking for. In that <laughs> <game>. <laughs> Well, that was the Scots Abroad yes. and our sponsored player roundup. So we'll move on to this week, which I hope is going to be a fucking better week. And I have gone super easy in my banker. So see if this doesn't come in. I'm retiring. Take as long as you want explaining it. I've just updated my parking on the Ringo app. <laughs> um, Olympiacos at Omnivolvus. They are 1-4 to four on William Hill. So that's as best as you can get. Olympiacos? Yeah. They have played four competitive games at home this season. Three in Europe, one in the league. They've won every one, not conceded. Volvos are the newly promoted side from the, so what is it called? The Greek, they call it the Super League and the National League. They've just been promoted. They're unbeaten. They've drawn both their games in the division, but they've played teams that came up with them. So Okay, so their strength of schedule, yeah, maybe question that slightly. I'm thinking Olympiacos will take care of this at 1-4. to You could look at win to nil, which I think is 1-2. to two. I okay, I just don't like the idea of like your bet being dead after two minutes. Yeah, also don't bet on something a team doesn't need to do. Yeah, right, okay, yeah, never needs to keep a clean sheet. And I didn't want to go for minus one because it's a banker. Good, this I like team it. Because they, they didn't lose, a, they only lost three games away last season and every one was by a single goal. So, yep, mm-hmm. 1-4, home win, that's all I'm going for. My banker's on Monday evening, so a slightly later kickoff for this one in the German third league. It's Unterhashing at home to Chemnitzer. You'll get Unterhashing at the pretty big price of 7 to 10. Um, Unterhashing fourth in the table. We're only seven games in, but they've accumulated 14 points. Whereas Chemnitzer have really struggled this year. They're second bottom. They've only got three points from those seven games. No wins included. That's just three draws. Only Carlsais Jena are below them. And we know how bad Carlsais Jena are. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have much to say apart from this is a good team at home in form against a poor team. Not in form away from home, so seven to ten is a really big price. Yeah, I liked it. It was just the only thing I did notice was that team seemed to do. They do seem to be able to scrape a draw. Yeah, now and again away from home, but they are, it, there's a lot of win. If you look on any of the flash score apps, it's a lot of red and orange. So it's a, yeah, the the value and win potential for the home team here is is too big to pass up for me. So I'll be taking Unterhashing uh, Monday night at six o'clock at seven to ten. See, I would I would push that to value because I think the value is too good in that. But you're you're braver than me. I'm brave. I'm I'm going all out this week. And I cannot split my value in charity. They're the same odds, but I'm going to go the way I want. I'm going to go with the value being Atletico Madrid away to Sociedad. Sociedad have played three games this season in the league. A win, losing a draw. The only win being at home, but the other draw being at home also. Atletico Madrid have started with three wins from three. They look very strong. If you remember pre-season, they played against Real and they won 7-3. Yep. They, they look really impressive this year. Just really a really, really good team. I actually think, see, looking at Real and Barca, the way they've started, I think if any of them get injuries to the likes of um, a Bale or a Hazard one, one of the or key Messi players or Suarez, the team. I think Atletico Madrid could win the title again. Like, was it maybe six, six yep. seven seasons ago they did it? 
Uh, you're getting 11 to 10, so Athletic Madrid top of the league are, are better than evens, which is ridiculous for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to stick with them with my value, and I'll explain my charity when we get to it. I have a I have a similar situation. I could easily swap value and charity. In fact, when I'd written them up, I had them the other way around. But considering I'm going to be at the charity game, I'm, I'm keeping that there. Uh, my value is the Scottish Championship, Saturday, 3pm, Dunfermline Athletic versus Inverness Caledonian Thistle. Um, Inverness third placed in the league seven points from four games Dunfermline have started really poorly their second bottom only two points from their matches Inverness look pretty decent this season um, they're going to be up there at the end in the playoff places definitely my only concern I think I said this was Inverness's form at home has been exceptional yeah but Dunfermline I think made what they made four signings so they get the two boys they got Cochrane on loan for Hearts who I think's a really good signing and one of the other midfielders that came through with him at the same time. Right. So I was, and the family's problem, the family's standout performance was against Celtic. It was, absolutely. But since then, they have been particularly poor. Um, they've lost to Dundee United, Arbroath, and Aloha since then. Yeah. So that's not exactly, well, Dundee United are top of the league, but the other two, that's not high caliber teams they're losing to here. Um, whereas Dundee United beat Green and Martin 5 0 in their last league match. And then again, 3-1 at the weekend when, yeah. you, when you'd selected them as, as their charity pick um, I, th- I just think Inverness should be favourites in this game they should be whereas you're getting them at seven, uh, 9 to 5 sorry yeah. I said to you that was I'm, I'm playing about with all your odds I'm saying that to you it was a good great outsider yeah exactly um, but the value is also I, I think the, va- <laughs> the value in an Inverness win at almost 2 to 1 is absolutely huge yeah because with me saying that I'm basically saying that the Fairman's luck's going to change in the basis of two 18 year old loan signings they're good to good players, but they're still 18-year-old I mean, boys that are coming into Dunfermline. Dunfermline are okay, and they're definitely underperforming. Mm-hmm. But Inverness are a better team this year. Yeah, I would agree. And they're in better form. And they keep pumping teams. They, they have scored eight goals in the last two games as yeah. well. Yeah, so. And Dunfermline didn't look up too much when Dundee United rolled them over. No. Um, the, the game I was at, like, it ended up 2-1, but their late goal was a consolation, and we missed a penalty and an open goal, so... Yeah, I really like this pick. Inverness, um, 9-5, Scottish Championship on Saturday. My outsider is in Serie A. It's Verona at home AC Milan. So this is Liam Henderson's game. They are 9-2 to win at home. They have won and drawn in their first two games. They drew their home game. They won away. And AC Milan have only played away once this season and lost 1-0 to Udinese. They didn't have much of the ball. They didn't create any chances. They're very much the same team as last year. They are desperately needing investment or an overhaul in their team because it's players like... He's going to end up scoring the winner now that I'm saying this. But the players like Fabio Berini played almost every game last season and he is still playing. He was at Sunderland and that that was probably his level. And now he's playing for one of the most prestigious teams in Europe. He was pish at Liverpool. Yeah. He was absolutely good. But that's kind of my point. Is yeah. he's, he's, he's at a team where he shouldn't be at. Mm-hmm. Um, they've st- they, with that, AC Milan still with Piatek though. Christian Piatek. Who was, the top, who was the second top scorer ahead of Ronaldo at behind... I had Ronaldo behind Quagliera. Is that right? Would Ronaldo not get top goal scorer last season? No. All right, okay. No. I mean, it looks like well this year because he seems to not be able to stop scoring him, yeah. goals. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go for Rona. And it also is just a good idea that I can watch a full 90 minutes of Liam Henderson. Liam Henderson. Oh, yeah. um, my outsider is in the England Championship at Saturday at 3 o'clock. It's Stoke versus Bristol City. Bristol City find themselves fifth in the league just now, 11 points from their sixth game, and Stoke are dead last, one point from six games, and that was a two-each draw at home to Derby. Um, the form alone suggests there's just so much value in Bristol City here at 5-2 to two 
which I think is an enormous price playing a team that have one point. Um, Stoke have conceded a massive 16 goals already. That's just that's just so many goals. And Bristol City have scored twice in each of their last five games. They've not won all those games, but they've put the ball in the net at least twice on the last five occasions. And the most recent meeting of these teams um, was back in January. It was also a home game for Stoke and Bristol City won 2-0 that day. So I just like Bristol City at 2-0 against a very poor Stoke side. Stoke are in trouble. Stoke are awful. Yeah, they're really bad. Like it's Are they in Portsmouth trouble, you think? Uh, maybe like, not. I are think they in like Bolton trouble? A Bolton boat. I think yeah. I've I think I've got enough Bunny money trouble? to stay up, but the way they've started, I thought Lee Munsey would have been a tremendous signing. I'm now gutted that he's left Barnsley because they still they'll compete. Mm. Yeah. And he's went I mean don't, don't get me wrong, I'm sure he's doubled his money as well and I mean, I'd, I'd fancy anyone against Stoke just now, but Bristol are fifth. Well, but Carl's of twenty-four. Here, but there's, there's in the, in the, I'd fancy anyone in the championship <laughs> against Stoke. But I look everything, everything I look at is based on which players I like that could play for Scotland. See if Liam Lindsay and Fury had stayed at Barnsley and they had the same start of the season, I would have Liam Lindsay starting for Scotland. I had a Liam with Liam Cooper probably ahead of him will grow. Yeah, because he was exceptional. He was, but he was in the team of the year last season. They get Barnsley's Player of the Year, and that's why Stoke have paid four million for him. Mm. But He's now a little team that can't stop fucking conceding goals. Yeah, that's a fucking good bet. But again, I need to look at maybe need to look at just how the squads maybe changed with what happened just before the window. But I, I didn't notice them doing much work. Nope. I, would, I just really fancy, really fancy Stoke not to do very well. It's, it's, <laughs> it's certainly in the, certainly in the next few weeks. It's a bet against Stoke, but with the added bonus that Bristol are actually very decent. Yeah. Yep, so Friday night for me, I'll start with the treble again. Um, so, Dunkirk, playing at home. They're playing against GFC Ajaccio. Um Those Ajaccio boys. Uh, so, they've got 15 points from six games, Dunkirk. Obviously lost last week. Uh, GFC Ajaccio are 13th with five points. Um, I, I can't see anything other than a Dunkirk home win. I'm not getting odds on it, but I'm getting odds on the rest of the Liga Nationale, which suggests that maybe a lot of people are betting ahead of time on um, so yeah, I mean, Dunkirk are winning at home. Ajaccio's last five results away have been draw, draw, loss, win, loss. So they're not very good. So Dunkirk are the first of the three in the treble. The second are Villefranche versus Toulon. So Villefranche are second in the league, uh, 13 points. They've played six. Um, Toulon are one of the promoted teams, are currently in the relegation zone, five points. I just think that Dunkirk are a better team, uh, that Villefranche are a better team. They went away last... They went away last week and beat Red Star at home. Um, 2-0. They won the previous week 5-2 against Bézier and they beat um, Cavillier-Rouen 2-0 away. So they're on a three-win tear. Too long. Haven't won a game in the, the league yet. It's been draw, <laughs> loss, draw, draw, draw. They sound like Carl's Icey, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I fancy Ville Franche to win that. I'm getting odds on that and you're getting 3-4. Right, okay. And then the last game of the treble is, I think, the best value of these which is Familical versus Pacos Ferreira. So Familical are over-evens for this. They are currently top of the Portuguese Premier League, having played four games and they've got 10 points. So they get three wins. Um, they've played a friendly in-between in the, over the international and right. drew with Celta Vigo. So they're, right. they're a decent side. At home, they're doing pretty well. They've, they've won four out of their last five, um, including two wins against Rio Ave, who previously... Um, a couple of weeks ago I bet to win and they won 5-1 very comfortably um, Pacos Ferreira are terrible they are bottom of the league they have one point Boa Vista 
was the point they got against. They got pumped by Benfica. They got beaten by um, Marense. I can't see why you're getting familiar uh, familiar cow at twelve to eleven. Right. Okay. I don't know why. I can't either. No. They yep. are on top, non-stop. So that's 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 the three in the treble. I don't have price for Dunkirk so far, so um, I, I don't know what to say about that. But when they come up, I think they'll probably around five to eleven. Um, my so my charity pick. This is a weird one. So MLS did stop for any team that had over four players on international duty. <laughs> Which did an odd rule. which did include my next two teams, which is New York City versus San Jose Earthquakes. However, they both have a game in between, so they both they will both play two games in three days. They both play Thursday and Saturday, but New York City are at home twice, whereas San Jose have to go to Salt Lake and then New York, which is a five-hour flight. So they'll play two days in three games. San Jose have lost the last four away games in the league. New York City have won the last nine in the league at home. Mm-hmm. You're getting them at eleven to ten. New York City to win. So if New value, York, yeah, New York City. Even if they have to change their team, they're not going anywhere. They're staying in New York the whole time. And this team have it's to. It's not travel. an international break. That's just a delay for like. It's that's not a break. You're just mushing the games back together. Yeah, you could have had it Thursday and Sunday. Yeah, but yeah. So two games in three days, and I think it's going to be tough on San Jose, who are already struggling. They they they're still in the playoffs as well. That's the other thing. Um, but yeah, for 11 to 10 odds, that's why I could not decide between, because for all I know, New York City could get three or four players sent off or injured. Yeah, in the in, first in game. In the first and then, game, and yeah. it all changes. But 11 to 10, but I would watch what the score is on Thursday night before looking at Saturday. Mm-hmm. Good. That sounds like a good pick. Second leg of the charity bet, um, Scottish Championship, Saturday 3pm, Dundee United away at Air United. The battle of the two Scottish Uniteds. Right. I thought it was the battle of the Shanklands. It was the same. It was the same. Post Shankland, pre Shankland. Can you get a bet on Shankland not to celebrate when he scores his inevitable goal? Because he won't celebrate. Maybe ask Paddy Power for it. I think somebody will give you that. By the way, somebody will definitely give you. It'll be shite odds because he seems like the type of person that would. But then you need to give the the odds for the goal to be scored. True. So top of the league, Dundee United, maximum twelve points through four games. Air second, nine points through four games. So it is a top of the table clash, Um, but it is the grudge match. Having you know, Dundee United signed. Air star player Lauren Shankland in the summer and he's banged in eight goals so far in four games. Scores but an average of two goals a game. That's incredible. The next best in the league is three goals total. So that's just immense. He scored eight. The next best is three. Uh, we also took uh, their right back Smith as well. Um, so the two best players arguably for Air United last year now yeah. play in, the, in Tangerine. Um, I think it's going to be a really good match but I think having watched Dundee United this year we will be too strong for them. Especially at odds of five to four, so that's the second leg nice. of the, so of the charity. So also keep your point out the United would only have six points if Partick Thistle were not so shite. Yes. So yeah. and and obviously have a wee look at what price you'll get in Shankland to score because I think he'll want to score. I for the sake of this bet, I want Dundee United to win, but I would like Stephen Kelly to score the boy on loan from Rangers because he is going to be a fucking good midfielder. Like he looks really fucking good. He scored in his debut against Partick Thistle, the winner, and set up the first goal. I think he's a really good player. But yeah, Air United, because that Air United, the fact Air United went 2-0 down to Party Fistle in the first place. Yeah. It says everything <laughs> to me. And then the third and final pick um, is in the French League 2, Friday night. So uh, top of the table, Le Havre are playing Paris FC. Le Havre have got 14 points from their six games. Paris FC have won. That's it. 
That's, that's all you need to know, really. Paris FC are terrible. They, they are they, fucking they, rank. They have been picked regularly to, to lose. And they've also lost 4-0 to Le Havre earlier on at the, at the start of the season in the pre-season friendlies. I mean, Le Havre just seemed like a lock for me. 3-4. Perfect. So two just over evens, one just under evens. That's um, a decent treble. One we don't know. Yeah. Oh, them top of Goddard's picks. Yeah. Oh, they're good. Yeah, they all. Oh, yeah. All your picks are good. Like they're good odds. I mean, Dunkirk. I think are going. To, you can't be getting more than forty-seven for them. Surely. I don't. I don't think if you'd you be getting. That's ridiculous. I, I think. I, I think the price they will come out is five to eleven. All right. Well, we can only. We can't have a worse week. Nope. Like no. Nope. Can we? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. Well, physic- physically, <laughs> we can, but yeah, you know, it's uh, incredibly <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> I would also just like people to challenge us. We keep saying this. Yeah. Right. Right. And get us on Twitter. It's. Uh, uh, well, get at Trample Bet at Trample Bet or me at John Walker underscore 1986 myself at ASV Sports and me at underscore Gordo Mick also uh, join the Facebook group if you're on Facebook search for Trampled Bet Podcast got a good community there now ever growing um, posting all sorts of things there's a lot of chat just now that I don't understand about the American football season yeah, started yeah, uh, obviously I'm, I'm big into baseball it's yeah. sort of that I only have room for one American sport that takes up all my time um, so it's baseball and that the end of the season is coming up big time just now in fantasy baseball as well with Gordon and I both making the playoffs yep um, fantasy football wise there's also a well soccer fantasy soccer wise um, it's a big week I play you in the trample bet draft league nice didn't know that head to head matchup um, yeah. and there's two boys in that still running away at the top Jason Stott and Edward Friel are both um, on maximum points in our head to head league so far so we talk about all this um, and we talk about many other things as well. So do do join the Trample Bet podcast group and do get involved. Yep, well, that's us. Have a good week. Happy hunting. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.